to everyone at our campuses in Latham, Half Moon, Saratoga, to everyone watching online, welcome. My name is Tim Kong, and I serve here at Grace Fellowship as the Director of Central Operations. I'm here with our amazing group of campus pastors. We have Pastor Matt Saxon from our Latham campus, Pastor Tim Gardner of our Half Moon campus, Pastor Isaac Denner of our Saratoga campus. Today we're in downtown Troy at a shop called FunCycled. FunCycled is owned by John and Sarah Tropp, who attend our Latham campus. Our goal was to be in a relaxed, fun setting where we can talk about our current sermon series, Life Changing Resolutions. Our hope and our goal today is that you're going to be able to listen into our conversation and maybe get some practical tips, again, insight on how you can make these life changing resolutions your goals for 2021. Now, guys, the last time we had all three of you together on camera was on December 27th. It was our very last sermon of 2020. And in that sermon, you guys talked about resolutions, but more importantly, about Bible reading plans. So in fact, Tim Garner, you are leading our Bible reading plan with Proverbs. And Matt, you're leading our Bible reading plan through the epistles. And Isaac, you're leading our Bible reading plan through the gospels. Now guys, how are your resolutions doing in 2021? And more importantly, how are these Bible reading plans you're doing with the congregation doing as well? Yeah. Let's go first. I'll, I'll jump in. I, I uh, yeah, set a couple. Actually, totally changed things. I usually am a resolution for the year type yeah. of thing, but decided to condense it down. So doing some monthly things as a family. So that's just something different for us. But the Bible reading plan, I would say, with through the Gospels right now, we're in Matthew. It's been a nice just journeying day by day, and love the interaction that's going on with the the congregation. Everybody that's jumping in into the comments section. So yeah, that's been kicked off to a great start. Yeah, the Bible reading plan is going really well. In fact, I know Isaac and Tim, you're, you're yeah. also on the yeah. Proverbs reading plan. I love it. Uh, but yeah, it seems to be going well, and it's a really fun way to engage with others you're not in the same room with, uh, to grow together, and uh, it's been really good. As far as New Year's resolutions go, uh, eh, hit or miss. <laughs> it's not been the best, but it's been you know one day at a time, and, uh, and, and we keep going. How about you, Matt? Yeah, the Bible reading plan's going really well. We're, we're going through Paul's letters, and um, I was a little jealous of Pastor Tim because there's a cap with these Bible reading plans right. of 150 people, and Pastor Tim had to do two simultaneous plans, I think, because he was so wildly popular. So <laughs> we'll have a conversation <laughs> offline about my feelings around that, but it's been awesome to see people engage with God's Word. There's a lot of commenting yeah. going on and interaction back and forth. I've been really impressed and my expectations have been exceeded by the folks that are in the Bible reading plan that I'm a part of. As far as resolutions, resolutions are going uh, good overall. Yeah. This has sort of been a year for me of just continuing to chop wood. It's kind mm. of continuing things that started in 2020 and 2019 and even before that. So just trying to uh, continue to keep pounding and uh, moving forward, so. Awesome. Well guys, as you know, we're in this amazing series from Pastor Rex called Life Changing resolutions, and I've been loving this series, and there's so much to talk about, so let's dive in and talk about this series. So week one, Pastor Rex talked about more of Jesus, less than me. And what he was getting at is, the only way we can have more of Jesus and less than me is by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That the Holy Spirit needs to be dominant and present in our lives. So in that sermon, he talked about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at a clip from week one. I believe the key to understanding the filling of the Holy Spirit is in that contrast that Paul set up there in verse 18. You remember, he contrasted being filled with the Spirit 
with being drunk on wine. That's the contrast he makes. So when a person is drunk, what does it mean? It means that the alcohol in their system is dominating their personality and determining their behavior. That's what it means to be drunk. That's drunkenness. Alcohol is dominating their personality and determining their behavior. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is so in control, in such influence in your life, that it dominates your personality and determines your behavior. I love how Pastor Rex describes it, right? That the Holy Spirit controls our lives. He dominates our personality and determines our behavior. He dominates our personality and he determines our behavior. Can you guys help those who are listening right now see what it means? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And more importantly, what does that look like in your everyday lives for yourselves personally? Yeah, I'll jump in with, with this one too, right away. It, it's, it really struck me as Pastor Rex shared in that first week, in the particularly in Ephesians 5 there with, you know, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they talked about our, our speech. Mm-hmm. And so there's some different pieces that go into being filled with the Holy Spirit, at least from my thoughts and perspective, is, is this this reality of engaging. We all come from different backgrounds and, you know, I'm sure as a cross grace, there's stories that abound of whether, you know, you come from a more conservative background that, you know, the Holy Spirit is just kind of like off over here or whether you've been more engaged with it in different aspects. And so for me, that's kind of shifted throughout time as well. So currently I would say, you know, the engagement of the Holy Spirit on a day by day basis for me is, is just really finding that um, place where you are in touch with what's what the Holy Spirit is prompting in your life, but then also engaging in God's Word. I think that as we've dove into 2021, I'm loving being in Bible reading plans and really trusting the Holy Spirit to guide that time, you know, that realizing the power of God's Word and letting it really sink in and speak to what's going on um, in my life. So I think there's a pattern with it and a reality of being in touch with and just watching for and listening for, being in tune with and touch with the Holy Spirit and those pieces of how it looks in your life. Because it is, I'll just speak to everyone out there, you know, it is going to look differently uh, depending on where you're at and, and where you've been in life. And so um, that's something I'm sure we've talked about at different times. We talk about it on this yeah. staff here, uh, different feelings, different places of how people have engaged with the Holy Spirit over time. Um, so that's just where I'm at today and thinking about that. Yeah. I appreciate what you're saying, Isaac, because I do think when we get overly formulaic with the Holy Spirit, we kind of tend to miss the Holy Spirit and end up operating in the flesh. That being said, there do seem to be pretty universal practices or disciplines that tend to lead towards uh, giving more of our lives over to the Holy Spirit, you know, Bible reading, uh, corporate and private prayer, mm-hmm. uh, giving, serving, worship, you know, really those uh, key disciplines for our covenant members, I think encapsulate those sort of ways in which I think we can invite the Holy Spirit into our lives in a greater way in the year ahead. And hey, just a quick plug, if you have not taken 201 yet, it might be a great time to check out 201 and learn more about membership at Grace and what those disciplines are that we feel are so significant for helping set the conditions in our life for the Holy Spirit to really move. So we're all in the middle of Bible reading plans. How does the Holy Spirit talk to us when we read the Bible? How does the Holy Spirit come through scripture? 
I feel like this whole conversation about the Holy Spirit is really important. Uh, and I think for me specifically, it's something that I've had to grow in over yeah. the years. Kind yeah. of growing up, I was in a church that didn't deny the Holy Spirit, yeah. but didn't, definitely didn't talk about it. It was this kind of it, person of the Trinity that was there, but it wasn't really discussed. Yeah. And we didn't really talk through what it meant and and what does the Spirit do. Um, I think the Spirit, as we read scripture, as we, like Pastor Matt, as you just said, as we put ourselves in places uh, doing spiritual disciplines and engaging in God's word, uh, he's going to illuminate yeah. for us. He's going to point out things in our lives yeah. that are... Um, in need of work, mm -hmm. uh, I think through the fruit of the spirit. When we get to that whole conversation of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, <clears throat> gentleness, fa faithfulness, <laughs> faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Thank you. Um, as we talk about the fruit of the spirit, if we're not exuding that fruit of the spirit, yeah. mm -hmm. if our lives are not marked by those things, uh, then there's a disconnect somewhere. Yeah. And I think as we read scripture and as we see um, God moving around us, uh, he's gonna illuminate and he's gonna help us to realize, okay, uh, uh, there's the fruit of the spirit and I can, I can identify where I'm not producing that kind of fruit. Yeah. Uh, and that's where he, that's kind of showing us where he can work in our lives. I love the word you used, illumination. Yeah. When I always think about scripture and about the Holy Spirit, I think of inspiration and illumination inspiration that the Holy Spirit inspired the scriptures, inspired the writers to write the Word of God, and illumination that it brings life and it brings uh, salvation and life and birth to us as we uh, grow in our Christian faith. Yeah. What tips would you guys give somebody? Let, let's say somebody has never really allowed the Holy Spirit to control or dominate their lives, mm. and have never really experienced the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day -day basis. What tip would you give them? on a place to start by living by the spirit and not living by the flesh. Yeah, I can jump in there real yeah. quick. Uh, I think it's first acknowledging that we have the spirit with us. Yeah. Uh, the apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, do you not know that you are a temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? Mm -hmm. So it's first saying, have I accepted Jesus? Have I placed my trust and faith in him? And if I have, then I have the spirit with me. And, uh, and then it's looking at the fruit of the spirit and saying, where in my life is the spirit at work? Um, I, you know, we've talked about this already and I will talk about this until the cows come home. <laughs> even, I don't even know what the phrase means, but there it is. Where are the cows and why are they not home? I don't know, but spiritual disciplines and putting yourself yeah. in a place where you can be changed by God is so important. And I think if there's one tip for how can we see the spirit work in our lives, what's one step I can take, it's, read scripture, pray, corporate worship, uh, serve, give, put yourself in a place where God can work on your heart and change you. And then we're gonna be seeing, as we're, as we're open to seeing, we're gonna see God and his spirit work within our lives. Thanks, Tim. That's good. Yeah. good. Anyone else have anything else to add to that? I'll jump in just real quick. Yeah. Pastor Tim uh, preached a sermon about a year ago and he talked about God working in our life and yeah. kind of being like plugging in, I think it was like an Xbox into the wall, yeah. that you have this Xbox that can do all these sorts of things, yeah. right? but it's useless if it's not plugged into the wall. That's good. And when you talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit, everyone who's truly born again has a spirit in them, but we really sort of avail ourselves of that as we engage in those spiritual disciplines, right? If we want to reap from the Spirit, we need to sow to the Spirit. So I think sometimes the Holy Spirit can be this sort of very complex thing, and, and I would urge us to demystify it a little bit and say, hey, 
over a period of time, are you consistently doing those spiritual disciplines? And if so, you have every right to expect to see the Spirit showing up more in your day-to-day life. Yeah, love that. Yeah, that's good. For me, one of uh, the books that really transformed my life in understanding the Holy Spirit is a book called Forgotten God by Francis Chan. Mm-hmm. And I recommend anybody who hasn't read this book uh, to read this book. In fact, uh, on our Grace Fellowship Facebook and Instagram pages this week, we're going to give away 10 copies of this book. So follow us at Grace Fellowship NY on Facebook or Instagram to figure out how you can win one of these copies. Can, can you guys get in on this? Or <laughs> yeah. are, they, are they precluded from I have two copies already, well, so two I copies. don't know if I can. Well, you can probably sell them on the other I could. So. Yeah. Could. Guys, you, are, you cannot win this contest. So. But please still follow us hey. on social media and Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> hey, let's move on to our next topic. Week two, Pastor Rex talked about getting our priorities straight. This is our second life-changing resolution. And he mentioned four T's. It's our time, our treasure, our talk, and our thinking. Let's take a look at a clip in week two where Pastor Rex talks about the priorities and our time. When it comes to time, here it is. Don't prioritize your schedule. Schedule your priorities. Big difference. Don't prioritize your schedule. It'll never work. Schedule your priorities. Here's what I mean. Get the big rocks in First, the top priorities, get those on the schedule. Example, when our kids were really small, when we got their school schedule, when I knew when their games were gonna be, when that big play was gonna be, when these important school events were going to happen in their lives, I put those on the schedule first and everything else is gonna move around that. What would that look like for you? Certainly it would involve worship. Certainly it should involve devotion time to God. Certainly it should involve some kind of service and giving out your time in serving others. Can you guys elaborate the phrase that Rex said? Don't prioritize your schedule, schedule your priorities. What are some practical ways you guys match your schedules with your priorities and your values? I think it's such helpful instruction from Pastor Rex because I think it encourages all of us to ask, what is our why? Uh, What is it that we are uh, all about in life? What do we sense God has called us to, both in the short term and maybe more long term with our trajectory? And when we can answer that why question, here is what I am all about. And this is my understanding as to how God has gifted me and led me and the way he's orchestrated and his providence, all these details of my life. Once you answer that why, then you should start putting in those big pieces or big rocks first. You need to prioritize getting those uh, all important uh, why kind of rocks in place before putting in some of just the whirlwind of life uh, responsibilities that we all have. And I think it's an invitation to not just do division where we have a calendar and whatever's on it, we have to keep it and just try and divide and nip and tuck to be great at time management, I think it's an invitation to actually subtract some things off of our calendar and to insert some things on our calendar. And I don't think any of us can be perfectly balanced, you know, year round, year in and year out with our priorities or our schedule. But I think if we are deliberate about making our priorities 
be reflected in our scheduling and our calendars, most of the time we can be pretty balanced. And those seasons when we're working crazy hours, when we're maybe you have a new baby or you're, you know, doing a house renovation or any number of things that's going on in your life, we all have those seasons that things are just crazy and kind of you have no margin. But the key is those need to be seasons, right? Seasons have a beginning and seasons have an end. And if you're just living there perpetually, I would argue that's not a season yeah. and it might be a good <laughs> yeah. invitation to go back to your schedule, back to your priorities and feel the liberty to uh, subtract some of those things for the sake of really chasing after your why. Yeah. I've heard it said that prioritizing is really just making pre-decisions about our time, yeah. about what we're spending our time doing. I literally this morning put in blocks of time this next week uh, to make sure that I spend time with God. Um, and I actually put that on my calendar because that's a top priority for me. I'm a child of God, I'm yeah. a father, I'm a husband, and I'm a pastor. And yeah. basically in that order, um, or husband, father. My wife should be first. <laughs> but I wanna make sure I'm scheduling those things and I'm actually putting that on my calendar. Mm -hmm. uh, I have heard this phrase over and over again, every time we say yes to something, we say no to something else. Mm. And that's really important to understand and to kind of wrap our minds around. If I say yes to this meeting or if I say yes to this new project, mm -hmm. it might be good and it might be what I need to do, but I also need to realize, is there another area I can say no to? Mm -hmm. And making sure that we're not saying no to our priorities. Mm -hmm. And I even thought about this, no, uh, making sure that our priorities in our thought life are, yeah. are yeah. aligned. Uh, making sure if I say yes to this new uh, Netflix show, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. What am I saying no to? Mm -hmm. uh, am I saying no to reading God's word at night, um, yeah. right before bed, because that's when I'm watching the show? Or what am I saying no to? Just being aware of that mm -hmm. process and aware that every time we say yes, we have to say no to something, mm -hmm. uh, making sure that those aren't, are the, those aren't the important things. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Besides time for God, time for your spouse and your kids, what are some things you guys put in your calendar that you guys prioritize besides those top three? Yeah. Time for God, what is it? Time for God. Time, time for God, time for your spouse, time for your time kids. Time for your kids. What's something maybe surprising or something we don't know about you guys that you would prioritize uh, after those three? Uh, off, I'll be honest, I as much as I love running, taking care of health things, yeah. there are seasons where like I literally have to prioritize because it could be easy for me to say, ah, I'm just not feeling it, you know, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, health, you know, exercise, those definitely take a prior, like a, a spot sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Running as running? well. Yeah. yeah. Hiking right now. Uh, I'm not running a whole lot, but we just got some ice crampons on for our shoes as a family. Yeah. So we're going on some hikes in the woods and in the, in the snow but making sure that that health thing is, is a top priority. That's one of those things for me. Matt, are you the same? Isaac and Tim said running, are you the same as well? Oh, I hate running. I think, <laughs> I think it's one of Dante's on. levels. In the <laughs> something. I do not enjoy running, but uh, I do enjoy skateboarding when the weather allows for that. Uh, I do enjoy going to the gym and I kind of have a weekly rhythm of going to a, a used record store. And um, for whatever reason, that's really therapeutic and good for me. So I try and, it may not be on my calendar, but it's every week I have a rhythm with it. And uh, it's just something that I prioritize, so. We can't neglect what you just said to everybody <laughs> listening. You heard that, you said skateboarding. So we have a, a campus pastor out there skateboarding in, in Albany or Troy, where are you doing this? Uh, I, I do it. There's a, there's a skate park, uh, I think, on Madison in Albany. And when it's warmer, I was there pretty frequently early in the morning because I'm an old guy. And I, <laughs> everyone's way better than me. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's still something really fun about it. So I, I still do that. But 
No, definitely not going to go running with you guys. So. <laughs> yeah. I, know. I love running, and I, I run every day, and running is one of my kind of greatest joys is to get outside and, and do that. Yeah. Guys, anything else you want to add? You know, when we talk about to people in the congregation, people always say, my calendar is always filled up. I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. Any other final thoughts on this prioritizing of our values and our priorities with time? I, I just I loved what Rex said in that acronym of busy um, that we find ourselves being busy but really it's just you know Satan taking that time or us feeling yeah. that when really we just haven't put the priorities in the right spot and uh, and I might just add to even your energy uh, focusing the time when you can get things done if it's with your job if you have flexibility yeah. or with your time with your family too where you say okay I know I'm good at this time I'm weaker at this time you know so maybe it's some of that adjustments too yeah <clears throat> to hear, I think for myself, it, I used to think uh, busy is a badge of honor. Yeah. And yet yeah. now I know it's like busy is, oh, your priorities are out of whack <laughs> and something needs to change. Um, and that helps me in the day to day to not complain and be like, oh, I'm so busy. And if I, if I find myself doing that, I have a moment of self-reflection mm. and be like, okay, what needs to change this week in order for me not to say that? Um, and that can be a weekly or even a daily practice to make sure that you take some time to think, to prioritize, uh, to get things straight. Do you guys have anything else to add about priorities, with whether it be time or treasure or a talk or anything, anything else you want to add to this conversation? Well, just to make sure that we're acknowledging the obvious here, we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? Yeah. And a lot of people are homeschooling while they're working from home, and they may be going, dude, I'm doing my best to prioritize my schedule, but life is insane. I do think everyone has seasons where you can be the best time manager, you can be great at prioritization, but maybe you're a small business owner and you've just had someone take a new position and you're working 80 hours a week. Those things are going to happen. Uh, I think the key with navigating through those is just realizing that that can't be year in and year out our posture, right? Mm. I don't wanna stand before God and say, here's what I did with my 70 or 80 years if I have that. Yeah. Or I was busy the whole time so I didn't really do much for you. We're all busy. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to find ways to prioritize his kingdom, our families, and those things that truly matter. Otherwise, the whole whirlwind of life is going to gobble up all of our time and energy. It's good. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our third life-changing resolution. This is what Pastor Rex talked about last weekend. The sermon was to put God first in our finances. And what we learned is that when we put God first in our finances, we really begin to realize what Jesus meant when he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Let's take a look at a clip from week three. Here's what I would say to you. Whoever you are, wherever you are on your spiritual journey today, if you walk and talk and pray like a person who believes in Jesus, but, but you handle your money like an atheist, God is not in any way bound supernaturally to bless this area of your life. Why? Because you've shut him out of this area. You say, Pastor, but I believe in God. I pray to the Lord daily. Wonderful. What I'm saying is that if you walk and talk and pray like a person who belongs to you, but in this one area, You've shut God out of your life. He is not bound in any way to bless that area because you're not putting him first in that area. Now, isn't tithing just a command for 
the Old Testament, and for those believers only, why does the church teach people to tithe today? Yeah, I think it's an excellent question, and it's a pretty frequently asked question at most congregations, I think. And Pastor Rex touched on this a little bit uh, last Sunday when he spoke of the fact that uh, you do see that there is the tithe, or tithes, depending on how you understand it, under the law of Moses that were commands given to uh, the children of Israel living in the land. But also before that, several hundred years, you have the example of Abraham paying a tithe mm. to this priest named Melchizedek. So you see it actually coming before the law and then during the law. And of course, in Matthew 23, when Jesus is rebuking some of the hypocrisy and the Pharisees and religious leaders, he says that they should not have neglected the weightier matters of the law, but they also should have continued to tithe. So many people would see a consistent uh, theme there, pre-law, during the law, and in the New Testament, teaching the tithe. But some people will say to that, well, sure, but Jesus also says in the Gospels, you know, as you're giving your gift at the altar, if you have something at your brother, stop that and be reconciled. That doesn't apply to us. We're not under uh, a priesthood. There's no standing temple or anything like that. We're under the new covenant. So which is it? Here is uh, what I've become convinced of as I've read the overall sweep of Scripture. If you look at the teachings of Jesus in the New Testament, he consistently raises the bar mm. from the Old Testament command or standard. Let me give you a few examples. Yeah. Um, when he says, when we speak, we ought not even uh, swear or make an oath. He's really raising the bar there with our speech. Okay. He says, not only should we not commit adultery, but we shouldn't even look lustfully. He raises the bar in a significant way there. Uh, he not only says we shouldn't murder, but if we have hatred in our heart, then we're murderers at heart. So he raises the bar, right? So our speech, we really shouldn't even be making oaths in general. Our yes should be yes, our no should be no. Uh, he raises a bar with adultery. He does that with murder. He does it with divorce. He does it with remarriage. He does it in all these different areas. That is the trajectory of the teaching of Christ. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. So it seems very odd to me that Jesus is raising the bar in all these areas, but when it comes to our finances, which about a third of his parables really deal with, yeah. all of a sudden there's this great lowering of the bar. You know, if you read through the book of Acts and you read through 2 Corinthians, you're going to see that the early church practiced regular, sacrificial, mm -hmm. joyful giving and I think the overall trajectory of Jesus's teaching and his ethic raises the bar. And the question we should be asking for most of us is not, do I have to tithe, but rather, is a tithe enough? That's good. Now, when we talk about tithing, does it have to go to my local church? I mean, there's a lot of charities, not-for-profits that I would love to help. Where does my tithe really need to go to first? Yeah. Good question. Can I take that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I think it's good to understand what is the church first yeah. and foremost. So when the Apostle Paul is writing letters to churches in the first century, he's addressing them as, you know, the church in Corinth, the church in Ephesus. And he's addressing a specific body of people, a specific group of people who were Christ followers at a specific yeah. period of time. And, uh, and we see throughout Acts, the church is described as the, the body of believers, people who know Christ and are coming together in community to worship and to care for one another. And so when we talk about giving to the church, it's important, you're not giving to 
a company, you're not giving to uh, essentially a, a building, you're giving to the body and you're, you're giving toward seeing what the church does advance. Mm -hmm. And so what does the church do? Well, the church is called to the Great Commission, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, the way that we talk about it, our mission here at Grace is to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. So that's my criteria when it comes to giving. Personally, yeah. uh, my wife and I, my family, we think, okay, where is the gospel being proclaimed? Where are more and better disciples mm -hmm. happening? That's, that's the church. Yeah. And so we give, we give first and foremost to Grace Fellowship. Uh, and before we were here, we gave to the church that we were at. We were gave to the community of believers for the advancement of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Now, can we give to nonprofits? Can we give yeah. to charities? I think my criteria for that, my, my thought on that is, are they seeing an advancement of the kingdom of God? Mm -hmm. uh, are they proclaiming hope? Are they producing disciples? Are they making more and better disciples? So I think there are absolutely, uh, you know, nonprofit organizations that are doing that. Yeah. And for me, you know, first and foremost, we're going to give to the, the local church body. And then we're also, you know, when God provides the resources to do so, we're also going to give to a nonprofit or a charity. Um, for my family, that's Compassion International. Yeah. We give to kids, uh, we give to this organization that, that supports kids, not only with food, clothing, education, and a chance, but also pro proclaims the gospel to them. Um, so for me, it's a both and, and asking, is this organization proclaiming the hope of Christ uh, in some capacity? And uh, I don't know, that's my answer. I don't know that's if there's good. any other thoughts on that one. That's good. Yeah. Before I came on staff at Grace Fellowship, our first tithe, was to Grace Fellowship too, was when we were tenders. One of the greatest things my parents did when I was little is whatever money I got for my birthday or for Christmas, right, if I got a dollar, the next uh, Sunday in church, they would make me give 10%, mm -hmm. you know? So if I got a dollar, it'd be 10 cents to the offering plate. Mm -hmm. And th those habits as a kid growing up really helped me as I grew older in my faith and I made more money to be able to tie that 10%. Yeah. yeah. Now. Is there ever a time where it would be inappropriate to tithe? Mm. I'll, I'll jump in on this yeah. one. Uh, it, it's a tricky one, you know, because, yeah, that question has come. I don't know about you guys, different ministries, yeah. all, all of us um, probably get that question of, is there a time where it's like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back or, yeah, stop, whatever. And um, the shorter answer would be yes. There, is, there are some, some times, some opportunities, yeah. even what you were just alluding to there a second ago, Tim. You, there may be some of you watching online right now and you're a part of a church, feel like you're part of a church, you may be giving to a church and you're like, I, I'm not sure that the focus is on the gospel. The focus is when I'm giving that it's, it's not going other directions that maybe aren't gospel focused. And that may be a point where you say, you know what, I know this local church is and I'm going to, to give there. Um, so that would be one circumstance. There may be others who you know, are watching this this morning as well, and they're finding themselves yeah. in a really tough financial scenario. You mentioned COVID earlier. I, yeah. This season of life, you may be literally living paycheck to paycheck or, or less. You're yeah. going into debt. 
just to put food on the table. And scripture talks a little bit about that, of, of caring for your family. A couple of different passages, both in the Gospels, Matthew talks about not giving when your family is, you know, struggling to even eat. Um, you know, and then 1 Timothy, uh, Paul's talking that letter too, about if you're not caring for your family, you can be seen as worse than an unbeliever. And so there is this reality that we have to care for our families. And it may not be pulling back and pulling out completely, because I think there is something about trusting God with your finances, even when things are tough. You can't just say, well, hard to pay the bills, so like, I'm, you know, giving's gotta go. I, yeah. I think there is something to be said about what Pastor Rex was saying. You give that first, for first fruits, yeah. and, and that's really an act of faith and trusting God with your finances. Um, but there may be seasons where you pull back um, just a little bit too. And there may be scenarios too, I know we've run into some here even at Grace um, and where you're in a relationship where one spouse is a believer and the other one is not. And the unbelieving spouse is saying, we are not giving one penny to the church. (laughs) Like that is, this is our money. We work hard for this, I work hard for this, and we are not giving one penny. And if if you do, this could be bad, like our marriage could be in trouble. Yeah. You know, I'm, we're not doing this for the church, for the church. And we totally understand that. And we certainly don't want to see marriages being infringed upon and, and dividing over a financial issue. So those are, those are complicated times. And we want to be here to walk alongside people who are going through those difficult times. And that's what the church is, is for. Financially, we're here to help. We're here to yeah. guide. Um, we're here to be that resource. So That's good. Yeah. And somebody may be asking at home, right, or, or watching in our campuses, how do I begin to trust God right, with my finances? You mentioned being a resource, Pastor Isaac, and a lot of people don't realize that Grace Fellowship has a financial ministries and the financial coaches who are helping people uh, with their finances. You go to our website, gracefellowship.com slash FPU. You're going to find information on our Financial Peace University classes. We have uh, two that start this week. One is a new course for people who haven't taken the course, and one is also a refresher course for those who have taken the course, but just want to get back into the dialogue of things. And one of the cool things about that our financial coaches are doing is over the next few months, they're doing a five-part kind of open forum discussion on different money topics. They're gonna be talking about things like budgeting, debt, cutting expenses, insurance, and investing. So I encourage all of you to go to gracefellowship.com plus FPU to check out what we have with financial ministries. Guys, any other tips on how someone can start uh, trusting God with their finances if they haven't done so already? Yeah, I would say start slow, step by step yeah. by step. You know, it could be small, incremental. You know, just continued growth is probably where my mind goes. Start. You know, my mind's going to the phrase of win the day, win the week. You know, just take those in- incremental steps forward. Yeah. As we wrap up our discussion about life changing resolutions, I would love to hear Pastor Matt if you had any final thoughts on uh, these life changing resolutions. Well. I think it's it's our desire, Grace, at each of the campuses and with the people that connect with us yeah. online to, to help them flourish individually, but also flourish as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, we're interested in both. We're invested in both. We want to have skin in the game with our congregants uh, in both of those areas. And, you know, even though 2020 was a difficult year, and even though at times it was like moving at a snail's pace, it felt like a long year at times, right now being towards the middle slash end of january looking back on it 2020 
flew by. Yeah. Like it flew by. Time is unbelievable how it seems to just wind itself up and go faster and faster and faster over time. And you're going to blink and it's going to be 2022. Mm. And you know, some people have said you can choose your path, but you can't choose your destination, right? Once you've chosen a path, yeah. once you've chosen habits, once you've chosen certain uh, behaviors, uh, those lead to certain destinations. And none of us are standing still. We're all headed in some direction with our physical health, our spiritual health, relational health, you name it. We're all headed in some direction. And spiritual growth, financial growth, um, maturation uh, just in your relationships and as a believer, those will never, never, never happen. Uh, on accident. Those only happen as God works in our life and gives us the willingness to do that and we cooperate with the Spirit's work in our life. You know that old phrase, if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. And as we look ahead and you think about when it's 2022 and we're looking back on 2021, what do I want to have uh, seen God do in my life? And then looking at the wisdom of other believers and saying, it's not as much as Tim Kong is amazing and special, these areas where you've thrived, it's not that you are fatalistically determined to be successful in them and I am not, it's you're working a plan that has worked for thousands, millions of other people and saying, listen, this has worked for so many others, this has worked for the saints for thousands of years, I'm gonna submit to this plan and hope that God brings the increase and brings a harvest. We get to decide today what path we're gonna be on and that will lead us to some destination in the future. So I hope through Pastor Rex's preaching and the wisdom that you all have shared, we will be in a much better place in 2022 and we we would not have squandered and wasted this opportunity to take inventory to make some changes by God's grace and to choose a better future. That's really good. If you want to watch or rewatch any of these sermons from this series, just go to our website, gracefellowship.com, and click the Watch On Demand button, and you'll see the sermon from this series, but also other series we've done in the past. Pastor Tim, would you please close us in prayer? I'd love to. Thanks. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the conversations that we've been able to have today. We pray that these conversations would be a catalyst for growth, would be a catalyst for people to want to know you more and want to be in a deeper, more authentic relationship with you. God, help us to realize that this is not about perfection. It's not about making a a New Year's resolution and all of a sudden flipping a switch and everything is great. God, this is about progress and the process of putting ourselves before you to be changed by you to be filled with your spirit. God, may we be a church grace fellowship that is filled with your spirit, that is stepping each day with you within us by our side, guiding us, directing us. God, we ask for just help to daily submit and to surrender to your rule in our lives. God, we thank you. We ask that you would continue to change us today, tomorrow, the rest of this week, into this year. In Jesus' name, amen.